Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, episode 74. Yeah. The one where we explore Tefu. <laughs> maybe. And maybe get mugged. Uh, it could happen. Why are you so, like, determined to get mugged in this city? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, one of those tropes of, like, the small town kid. He's naive. He comes to the big city. He gets beat up, you know. Yeah, except for you're a monk. And a former drug runner. Yeah. That's why he's actually extra paranoid. He's like, I know how these kids operate. And he's like, oh, God. Yeah. So when last we left our heroes, speaking of the city of Tefu, uh, our heroes had packed up their bags, headed out north, loaded themselves up onto a uh, small boat, met back up with their old friend, uh, Amenetris. And Tetmanib. And Tetmanib. And Basra. And Basra. Well, we uh, didn't know her. Well, we yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was like, we didn't really know her. And met for the first time Basra Akinti and a potential new companion. Yeah. In the form of the Nethian wizard, Hollis. Yeah. I don't think it's potential if she's with us. <laughs> For now. No, no, she could die in that potential mugging. It's <laughs> <laughs> a mugging gone not. wrong and then like, you know. I took toughness. <laughs> chicken gives me three hit points. <laughs> three hit points. That's what the, the familiar that's a chicken gives you. It's just three extra hit points? Uh-huh. Nice. Eh, nothing wrong with that. Apparently all that. For a first level protein. wizard, that's huge. Yeah. Right. To clarify, Hollis is not first level. Uh, that I would make, be funny. I didn't make that, Jessica make a brand new first level. Oh, uh, that would be awful. It's like we come in and we're like doing all this damage and it's like, I cast magic missile. It does four points of damage. I'm done. I'm, I'm done spells, for the guys. I'm out. <laughs> have fun, everybody. Yep. I have a crossbow. <laughs> Yeah. But the party had arrived in Tefu. You'd navigated the city. You talked with uh, with a local stereotypical street urchin who wants to uh, take some of your money to be a guide for you. Neith. He was he was very Abadaran. Like, or she. It, you, you never determined yeah, I was gonna their say, gender. But. They were very Abadaran, though, when they yeah. were like, I'm going to charge you a copper piece per place you go and like one copper piece per like rumor I've heard in the city. I was like, future Abadaran priest right there. That kid's got to make a living. It's true. You eventually, however, you'd find found out a little bit of inf- interesting information from Neith, as well as from your own knowledge checks pertaining towards the high priestess in the city, whom you have not had the occasion to meet, although you're aware that uh, both the high priestess and the Hatya, or governor for the city, is a woman by the name of Dekat on Karat. She, from what you can gather, apparently is not in a good relationship with either the high priest of Ma'at or the high priest of Toth, who apparently are both... Uh, the prominent old god religions in the city, and also is somewhat displeased because of the arrival of her most excellent Momonofra, the fan bearer at the right hand of the pharaoh, who appears to be in town for some sort of visit. You don't know why. Political intrigue. So I'm Poli- just going to yeah. chalk it up to political intrigue. Just call it that. Regardless, though, you'd managed to find your way to the Inn of the Desert Winds, where you had fine... Mill after spending probably five minutes negotiating price and discussing sleeping arrangement, all the rest of that. The we more didn't think frugal about it ahead adventures. Of time, so yeah. we weren't prepared. I like that the party is being so frugal, and then Jordan's like, "I mean, I'm only carrying around like three thousand gold pieces or something <laughs> ridiculous." But Sudi still has that mindset from six weeks ago when he was broke. So it's like. He, he he knows he's carrying around like a stupid amount of money, and so he's super paranoid about it. And he's like, "That's why know. he thinks he's going to get mugged." Ah, because I look sure. like a mark with my jingles. Uh, oh. That also, it's like he's not in that mindset. We're like, "Oh, it's only a gold piece to him." It's like it's a gold piece. That's a lot. Well, and Hollis just actually doesn't have any gold pieces. <laughs> so Hollis <laughs> still in that mindset. Remind <laughs> me for the after party to go into what happens if you fail your survival or knowledge local check navigating the markets. Uh, get we mugged. probably get mugged. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're in the big city now. 
Watia had a population of some 7,000 something people. Tefu has a population of, I think, like 19,000 something. It's a big city. Youch. It technically is quantified as a large city. And it's actually still smaller than on. Wow. Hollis here comes from most recently from Sothis. Is Sothis a metropolis? Yeah, Sothis has like 90,000 people living there. This is a quaint town. Yeah. <laughs> Wowzers. I mean, this is the closest thing that you get to uh, the level of education and learning that they have in Sothis in the south is in Tefu. Because there's basically Sothis in the north, and then there is nothing for hundreds of miles until you hit on. The stretch between Sothis far to the north and the south, that there's like nothing as far as like big cities are concerned. It's just small hamlets and villages along the water's edge. So this is the only civilization in the south. And once you go south from here, you don't find civilization again until you hit... What, Kelmarine? Kelmarine, I guess, yeah. since that's been rebuilt. Katapesh. Yeah, Katapesh is the next place after that. Yeah. Uh, although Katapesh dwarfs Sothis by a fair bit. So Katapesh sure. tends to dwarf pretty much everywhere else. Yeah. So you'd settled in, you'd had a brief discussion. Uh, you would learn that uh, Hollis was uh, old friends with uh, Merit Hetef and seems to be down here searching for a, another woman whose name escapes me at the moment. Sarathet. Sarathet. Yes. And has an exceptionally knowledgeable chicken. Has a very knowledgeable chicken. You'd confided in her pertaining towards this artifact that Onuris is carrying on his head. Yay. And your goal to try to determine what's going on. But as I'd, uh, as I'd mentioned when we left off, you're kind of forced to keep your head on a swivel while you're even sitting here knowing how strong the Church of Nethys is in the city and how much the faith of Nethys would probably want this artifact returned to them. Yep. It belongs in a... Well, it doesn't belong in a museum because it's the Church of Nethys and they'd use it. It belongs in a garbage pile. <laughs> nope, it belongs in the church. It belongs in pieces. <laughs> it's in pieces. Technically, it already is. Yeah, it belongs in the mass belongs in pieces. So then, as we begin, you all have the opportunity to finish your meals. Mostly, I think everyone was going for the roast lamb. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Okay. Nobody Sudi. going for the the grilled fish. Uh, no. you know what? Actually, Sudi probably went for the fish. Sudi seems like a fish person. Yep. Got to keep uh, it light. He actually does. I also, for my key metabolism, don't eat a lot. So it's like this is like the one meal he'll probably have like all week. The the welcome the welcome Hollis to the to the group meal and then like the rest of the week he's good. Weird. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? I yeah. Hang on. I don't remember. Am I the only time. one that's thinking Kung Fu Panda? <laughs> it's like the dragon warrior can be sustained on the dew from a single leaf. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I eat and drink one fourth as much as normal. So okay. So basically, you get this one meal and then you're good for like. Four and days. then I'm good for like yeah a while. Interesting. The five of you, since Falto has accompanied you across the river to Tefu, mm-hmm. finish your meals and I think. Were Citra and Falto just going on their own to go see Citra's parents? I mean, anybody was welcome. I mean, I feel like I just met her. <laughs> uh, Sudi's going to go because you don't split the party. On yours probably isn't going to go. I'll oh, come on. <laughs> Once again, do the Find the Path classic of on splitting the party. On yours isn't going on a meet the parents date with Sudi, where it was Citra and her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Falto's going to go. Yeah. Probably not with Citrus considering it. She hasn't seen her parents in over two months now. Or yeah, and that's another months. thing Onuris isn't going to want to intrude on, especially with the relationship with his parents. Yeah, no. That's true. Onuris doesn't seem the type. Sudi <laughs> will go, but he may not want to interact with them because, like, what might be awkward. What? He's awkward around people. You're going to talk to them or you're not going to talk <laughs> yeah, to like, them. Yeah, like, what so, are you? Yeah, I, I want to protect her without, without splitting up the party. Okay, so you're you're leaving the... The squishy uh, okay, well, No, the, like, like, let me get this straight. You're leaving the two spellcasters, one of which you met four or five hours ago, the other of which is carrying around the artifact that you're assigned to destroy. <laughs> Damn it. 
I go with Citra and Falto. Curse okay. you and your Rick logic. All right, I'm going to... Uh, I will stay with the mask. That's the more important thing. Sudi yes. knows this. Good luck, Citra and Falto. I think we'll be fine. Sudi <laughs> worries about people, man. Sudi's just sitting on the end of Onyris' bed. Onyris like, I got this room for myself. No. <laughs> Don't split at the party. No walls between us. Two people in the room with the mask at all times. <laughs> On her it counts. I don't think I don't think on her it counts. Sadly. On yours thinks on her it counts. Well, on yours thinks on But on yours is wrong. Stay with the sacred mask, even though I Dasuni is not comfortable in this town, and so my thought process is on not splitting the party. I did live here for like Six or seven years. So did on Uris. But Sudi's not using his brain. He's using his heart, man. <laughs> and also, we, every time we split the party, something happens. So True. I'm just, just waiting for Rick to be like, all right. I need the party to didn't. roll for initiative. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like, all right, everybody, except for uh, Rachel, you can stay. Rachel, I need you to leave. And it's like, oh, crud, what's going to happen? A side, B side. Uh-oh. It's an A side, B side. Dang it. Not today. Citroen Falto, you set off. Not, not even into the night. I mean, it's only a couple of hours past yeah. noon now, so the streets are still bright. You're going to hope that uh, you don't know whether or not your parents are even going to be home by the time that you get there. Yeah, they could be out actually working. Doing their jobs. <laughs> Earning a living like you do. On yours, I suppose you make your way up. All of you, I imagine, make your way to your rooms first to drop off your bags and do all that good stuff before you set off places. Uh, I don't know if Hollis is planning on, on hanging around with On yours or... Well, Sudi's here too. And Sudi, yeah. All three of you hanging out. I guess so. I mean, I have a contact I could track down, but probably should wait till we're all back together. You know, Onuris is just planning on hanging out in his room, reading or something. Anti-social, which is good because you have like crazy powerful artifact. No, so- Paulus wants to hang out with Onuris. <laughs> yeah, we, we all have, we play a game of cards. Do you have any cards? Dice or whatever they... Did you guys Senate. keep the uh, Senate board? We have the Senate oh, box. The Senate That's we'll fun. Play some Senate. We'll try to do it without magically doing it. If you can like just mundanely play Senate. Yeah, you can just mundanely play it. Cool. Sudi and Hollis, you make your way up uh, to the room that the two of you are going to share. It's a decent room. Um, huh. The beds are pretty comfortable. There are two beds in here. There's a table off to the off to the side. There's a prayer book of Nethys in the drawer on the nightstand huh. between the two beds. <laughs> I open it. <laughs> <the door>. <laughs> <laughs> it's the usual Nethys stuff. The front front half of it is all about you know how great Nethys is and blah blah blah, and the back half of it is how Nethys will destroy you. Ah, fair enough. The usual Nethian book. But you set up your stuff here. There's a uh, a set of doors that leads out onto a small balcony uh, that's fairly spacious and overlooks the street and provides you, and both the two of you are up on the uh, fourth floor. So you actually have a fairly commanding view. This is probably, like, aside from the Grand Mausoleum, like the tallest building city's ever been in. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're on top of the Temple of Bass, which would have been just about as high as this. Yeah. But, yeah. but like, there's a bigger building than this is bigger. This bigger, right? Cause it's five stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and, uh, tall. opening the doors, heading out on the balcony, leaning out and looking off, you can see the new city stretched ahead of you. If you lean and crane your neck to the side and look out, you can see parts of the old city uh, as it's kind of behind where this building is. And you can see the uh, the domes of the Temple of Toth, or at the very least, you're going to assume that is because it looks like there's a whole bunch of old god statues, but you can't really tell from here. Hollis, I imagine you just kind of make yourself comfortable. I don't know if you're you're planning on leaving uh, Sugar down here to keep an eye on all of your stuff, or... Nope, Sugar comes with me. Okay. So, it's a decently sized room. There's a, a lot of space in here for Sudi to do his training, and for it's comfortable enough, there's a nice comfortable chair for you to, to memorize your spells. Yay. Uh, you make your way upstairs to meet up with Onuris. 
knock on the door, at which point I guess Andreas would let you into the the spacious abode with fine marble flooring and (laughs) hanging drapery across the surrounding walls. There's no silver tub because you didn't spring for it. Um, You could have. I don't need that. But you didn't. Uh, A massive circular down feather bed that sits in the center of the room, surrounded by uh, gossamer thin drapery, various rugs across the floor and large pillows set about to make someone as comfortable as absolutely possible. Fancy. A wide balcony that you can step out onto and look down at the people that can't afford a five gold room. It's on the fifth floor, too. It's on the fifth floor. Yep. I see. Yep. You have the high ground. Uh, and your balcony actually overlooks the, the back portion of the structure. Mm-hmm. But since it's so high up, you can basically see from where you are, you can see the the roofs of the surrounding buildings here and have a near unobstructed view of the old city. Although, again, it's up on the hill and surrounded by its walls. But that notwithstanding, you can see the, the numerous buildings that line that open area. Again, refer to the map of Tefu. You can kind of tell that there's a lot of like dense packed urban areas and then this one wide open space, which is the old city. I suppose you uh, let uh, your compatriots in. would glance over. Are Sudi with her too? Yep. Can I help the two of you? We're going to play a game. Th- that's nice. I'm going to lay down and read. He starts to try to shut the door. Alice pushes into the room. <laughs> nope, we got a bond. We're going to be a party. And that means... We gotta know each other well enough to be able to fight together, to travel together, pick up the slack when one of us happens to, to, to have slack, I guess. You sound like you've done this before. I have led many an expedition, not that I am the leader of this particular one, but you have to know each other. And you said you had a board game, so we should play it. Onyris looks at Sudi. Sudi pulls out the Senate board, <laughs> and he kind of smiles. <sighs> one game... Okay. Sudi barges into the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect excuse to guard the mask and make sure that Onuris isn't turning evil from it. We play Senate. I like, I like that you're playing the board game because I, I was expecting it to be like a would you rather sort of situation where you just like go through. It's like, it's adventure it's like or would, would you rather, rather wrestle a hippo or fight a mummy? <laughs> Dep- you know? And then your counterpoint is like, it depends. Are we underwater? <laughs> yeah. There you go, and, or you know, you get into like dating game thing or whatever it is, where it's just like you're doing the introductions. Like, tell me a little bit about yourself, Sudi. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sudi. I enjoy long walks on the beach and longer meditation sessions. <laughs> and rope. <laughs> and for everybody says I have an obsession with a rope. I really don't. I just carry it around with me, and it's the only thing that's defining me because I just wear normal people clothes. <laughs> So I guess for the purpose of, uh, of establishing that you guys are spending some time bonding before we uh, we switch off. Jessica, on the spot, three things about your character. Three Go. things about Hollis. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hollis died once, and Hollis went to university in Quantum. Oh, are we learning this? Like, is this like stuff yeah, that we're like our things that you guys are learning, learning while you're hanging out? Sudi's yeah. like, what? Yeah, Hollis died once. Hollis an abjurer, and Hollis is a very good cook. Cool. Uh, let's see, Sudi doesn't eat all that much. Um, That's not a new fact. I know. Well, you want a new fact? Man, I don't have any new facts. Uh, yeah, our listeners, after a year and a half of this show, already know most of Sudi's abilities. I was going to say... Hi, I, I'm Sudi Kantar. I have a, a good luck ability that I never remember, an immunity <laughs> to disease that I never remember, and immune to bleed damage, but I don't remember. Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. That's Sudi. <laughs> Sudi the forgetful. Are you still a girlfriend, boyfriend with uh, What's-Her-Face? Yeah. 
you didn't have the talk with her about how you're going to be leaving and possibly dying and not coming back? Well, yeah, but like, it wasn't <laughs> like we broke up over it because we're in love and our love will last eternal. Really? Because you're about to turn into a stone dude. You're about to turn into a I'm stone I'm going to be, okay, let's, let's be clear here. Sorry, his love will last eternal. She will inevitably <laughs> not. I mean, he's going to come back and he is going to be 16th level. He's going to be jacked, and she's going to be like, whoa, buddy, do I like that cat? Yes, but <laughs> Allow me to rephrase. made of stone. Allow me to rephrase, I guess, uh, from the role from the role of Idris. Meow. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Idris played by George Takei. I quit. Yeah. I That's quit. just very unsettling. Oh Let's, please don't. Uh, <laughs> meow. There you go. Um, <laughs> I quit. Uh, let's see. I just assume that you're you're sharing stuff with her that Jessica already knows, but I'm having Jessica share things about her character that you two as players don't actually Yeah, know. that's so true. That, yeah, because, you know, like, I mean... Knowing that she's an abjurer probably does kind of shape your views on it, where it's like, oh, okay, she's got a lot of defensive magic. Uh, I think Jessica's already established that Illusion is one of her bard schools. Yep. Yep. Who knows what the other one is? Dun-dun-dun. Evocation. That would be mean. <laughs> A.K.A. heart mode. Interesting, but mean. Sidney would probably share just his story about like, you know, yeah, I used to run drugs and Sphinx. I got caught. And then I had this stone that was put in by Sphinx and he tells a whole story about like an intricate ah. detail. Because it's like the defining point of his life right now. Because he's, uh, he's a 17 year old like mortal. Like he doesn't live to be like a thousand or whatever. You know, and Onuris just kind of... Onuris refuses to share anything. You share with us. So Sudi says what he knows about Onuris <laughs> instead. And Onuris hey. just, like, gets angrier and angrier. Onuris like, might want to share. Say? We're having liqueur. We're playing a board game. The birds are bonding, kind of. It's very weird. They're more reaching a mutual understanding of uh, predator and prey. Uh, <laughs> Don't treat me, you stupid bird, says the chicken to the bird. The chicken is like, if you spare me, I will teach you my ways, and you too can one day be as smart as me. Hey, hey, do you want intelligence of three? Because I can make that happen. Onurus <laughs> <laughs> would probably tell Hollis what the party already knows, just so she's up to speed, but he's not going to elaborate much on anything. That's Sudi's job. This one doesn't talk very much. No, not really. He's more the strong, silent type. Ah. He something? seems to communicate entirely based on a complex series of sighs. <laughs> Keep an eye Is on this that some form. language I have not learned before? <laughs> Keep an eye on that form, sugar. Sugar like pulls I think it's out some a sort of Morse code. <laughs> As you say, sugar pulls out like just a little scrap of paper and just the teeny tiniest little birdie pen starts ticking off all the size. Do you use this chicken scratch? Sing. Very nicely done. Very nice. So does Sudi tell about Citra, or are we waiting on that? Eh, Sudi will is not sure what, how much Citra wants to share. He's good at keeping secrets. Yeah, so he probably won't, but, I mean, Onuris is here, and, like, if he basically feels if, if Hollis has no idea who Onuris is, where are you going to get that, like, camaraderie and that bond to want to save each other's lives in danger? So you got to share something. So even if Onuris won't share, he'll have to share for him. Hollis, or Onuris share. But Onuris shared, so it was all good. We're learning. Yeah. Elsewhere. Citra, you and Falto easily navigate the city streets. You don't head south. Navigating your way through the new city can be more than a little difficult, and considering that you just fought your way out of the cramped back streets and the complex maze of buildings there, it's honestly easier for you to just head north across the uh, the northern bridge, the only bridge over the northern canal, and then follow Wajet's walk around as the road there follows around the outside of the old city and makes its way back to the south. It's been some time since you've been in Tefu. 
You grew up north of here. You grew up in On. You grew up in the city of Angles, as it's sometimes called, or the city of Triangles. A city whose skyline is dominated by the pyramids that surround it, whose architectural designs kind of adhere to the premise of perfection that the Triangle is, and is incorporated into basically all of the architectural styles of On. Tefu, however, is a city of varied architectural styles. And while you are not yourself an architect, I don't think you have any knowledge engineering. Nope. You can appreciate the beauty of this city. You make your way north, you cross the, the North Bridge. You begin to follow this around, passing by the Eye of Heaven, which is located just on the other side of the river there. A building with a massive dome capable of being open to the night sky. A massive marble and sandstone structure. The Eye of Heavens is Tefu's, uh, one of Tefu's oldest buildings and lies in the plaza just beyond the wall of the old city. And here, from what you understand, the astronomers of old plot the movements of celestial bodies and record their measurements on long papyrus scrolls. Some say to be hundreds of feet in length to track the movements of a single star through the night sky over the course of a year. You continue to make your way past there, heading further around, passing by the far edge now of the Palace of Gentle Reeds, a lush estate set aside for the Pharaoh's use. But at the moment, seems to be set aside for someone else's, as Malmanofra is here and seems to be in residence. You don't get too close to the building, as the guards there seem to be rather keen to keep an eye on people. That notwithstanding, as a representative of the Pharaoh, she seems to be involving herself in something, as there is a long line of petitioners making their way to gain access to Her Most Excellency's presence. So she at the very least seems to be entertaining people and their concerns. Do I hear anything as we're walking by? You can go and make me a diplomacy check. It's gather information. I think you have the diplomacy rogue talent. Yeah, so. but I rolled a natural one, so I only Aww. got a 12. 12. You're out of your element. You can't knowledge local this place. You haven't been here in a bit. No, you just hear two farmers in the process of arguing over uh, a goat stud that he had promised to one of the farmers, but apparently another person had come along and offered him more money to stud his goat with the other person. And so the goat stands triumphant, <laughs> looking like a majestic beast with its head held high. This went very weird very fast. Yeah, and goat studding is a thing that commonly would occur. Yeah, just not the first thing I would have gone to. <laughs> I, I'm, I was trying to think about what yokels and everything would consider to be important enough to take to the pharaoh. <laughs> this tree is over on my side of the property, so whatever falls off of that tree is my fruit. Yeah, these are all my dates. You don't hear anything of particular interest, but eventually you begin to head south. From here, you can just kind of see the old city off towards your left-hand side on the other side of the canal. You do see, by the way, though, that you're not entirely positive if all of uh, Neath's stories were true. However, there is a pleasure barge of impressive size docked next to the Palace of Gentle Reeds. Large enough to have a large central pagoda area with four pillars with chains on them. <laughs> Although you don't see any sign of any large cats. Well, she probably took I mean, them with yeah, her. I was going to say, you bring them in, you put them in the stable, they eat a few of the horses or camels. <laughs> you know, that's how However you, you do. Just imagine it's like Raja just follows her around. Could be. If they're well-trained, that would be really cool if she was like, you know, some kind of like druid that yeah, had like four, four lions as an animal companion. That'd be super cool. She's probably a bard. Oh, she's most definitely probably. a bard. I'm just saying it'd be cool if she a was a multi-class druid. little druid in there. It is, uh, it is very opulent. <laughs> Eventually, however, you manage to make your way south. Before long, you arrive at the Well Diggers Plaza. That's a weird name for a plaza. Uh, this is an open square that was once the site of a short but bloody rebellion. 
but now the place is an idyllic escape from the bustle of the city, a gorgeous marble fountain built upon the location of the first well dug outside of the old city. The well was dug without permission of the city's hutya over a thousand years ago, and for generations it was a gathering place for the poor and working class. Citizens would gather and commiserate with one another about the new regulations and taxes between the glowering glances at the walls of the old city. When the city officials came to block access to the well, the citizens there refused to abandon what, what they considered to be theirs. The refusal turned into aggression, which then turned into bloodshed. The fountain was built on the site centuries later. There's now no longer a well here as the fountain water or as the well water is now channeled into the fountain. Huh. So it is a it is a fine sign of pharaonic rule. Yeah. That they, they paved over the well and put a fountain there. <laughs> Just yep. so that people couldn't have access to a well. Good job. <laughs> well, you can't have it. At least they're not sitting there charging for access to the water or anything like that, you know. You arrive at your old house. Knock on the door just on the off chance, but are somewhat unsurprised to see that your parents aren't there. Yeah. I didn't actually expect them to be, but I thought, hey, maybe they had the day off or something like that. Uh, you have the opportunity to chat with some of the uh, the locals, your your old it neighbors. It's a Saturday. It's a star day, you mean? Mm-hmm. No, I'm afraid that star day is still a work day in the world of Galarian. They work six days a week. It's six days a week. Sunday, the only day everybody has only off. Only day people have off. Yep, sounds about right. The two of you managed to spend some time. You just kind of walk around the surrounding areas, discuss what it was like living here, sit by the edge of the fountain. Watch the children, like, run around and play. Falto kind of shows off a, a little bit of swordsmanship with the kids who seem to be very interested in this strange foreigner just hanging around here. Um, <laughs> borrows back his Wayfinder and shows them, like, the magic glowing power. And a couple of them at least understand the term Pathfinder, even if they don't necessarily know what the society stands for. Yeah. He just kind of laughs and nods along, despite the fact that he's technically a Pathfinder in very bad standing. Um, <laughs> he is an ex-Pathfinder. <laughs> an ex-Path, if you will. It's a pathfinder. <laughs> it's beginning to get later on in the day by this point. I yeah. end up coming back to the hotel and y'all are like drunk off the liqueur and playing Senate. Yeah. Anurus <laughs> isn't getting drunk again. He's done that once for the month. They probably didn't give us that much liqueur. Probably. Yeah. No, it was a sampler. If you wanted a full bottle. I don't have any money, so. Okay. The sun sets on a quiet day in Tefu. Eventually, however, you do see two familiar figures making their way down the street. Your father is tall and strapping. You've always kind of considered him to be the quintessential example of the common nobility. He has those fine features. He has the, the worn shoulders and everything from years of hard work. But he has that step that shows that he still carries himself with pride, particularly in his work. He carries a, a large stick from which dangle on either end a variety of different paints that he seems to have been probably using for his restorations and his recapped. And they're thick clay jars held up by ropes on either end of the stick that he slings across his shoulder. Your mother is laughing with him. And of course, in your eye and your mind, is as beautiful as ever. Both of them have the same dark hair that you do, the same bright eyes, the same fine features. You think that you take a little bit more after your mother? And your brother always seemed to have been the spitting image of a young version of your father. Your mother carries a decent-sized basket with her full of a variety of both their, their restoration tools as well as their brushes. So obviously they're off busy somewhere. Your mother is the first to see you. Let's out a shout, you know, drops basket, paintbrushes everywhere. Brushes uh, <laughs> over to meet you. Your father just shakes his head and being the practical man that he is, stops to collect the brushes and puts them back in the basket and then lugs them back over with him. Falto stands near the fountain, just kind of smiling and obviously uh, amused by the situation, but giving you your moment. 
After crushing the air out of your lungs, your mother finally releases you. You're back. When did you get back? Uh, literally a few hours ago. <laughs> we, we'd heard about all the trouble facing Wati. We were, we were worried for you. Uh, it has been an interesting few weeks. I'll have to tell you all about it, but not out here. <laughs> your father sets down his tools and smiles, taking you in his arms and hugging you. I told your mother not to worry. But I mean, that is her job. It is her job. And perhaps I was a little worried myself. I'm here. I'm fine. Come, let's uh, let's bring you inside. Oh, I have a friend with me. Falto steps forward, doffs his hat in a low bow. Uh, uh, mother, father, this is uh, Falto. It is a, a pleasure to make both of your acquaintances. Uh, I am a traveler from afar, and uh, your daughter was... Uh, was kind enough to take mercy on me while I was in this foreign land and to teach me the proper rituals to ward away your unquiet dead. <laughs> oh, he smiles, just kind of patting his uh, his buckler that sits uh, inside. Your mother just raises an eyebrow. Your father shakes his head, looks down towards you. And he's a friend of yours. <laughs> just <Yes>. a friend. <laughs> Falto was in one of the other groups that were exploring the necropolis. Uh, your mother smiles. Any friend of Citrus is a friend of ours. Uh, please, would you join us for dinner? I could never say no. If I may say so, I can tell where Citra gets both her grace and beauty <laughs> from both of her parents. Thank you for your hospitality. Citra's like looking at him like, dang, look at him laying on the charm. I'm very glad I didn't get it. <laughs> he, he was very charming from episode new, one. Come on. Yeah, on yeah. your is new. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, but he also has a weird. goofy streak. He does. <laughs> it would have been weird to be like, this is my friend, and this is the cat friend that I have. <laughs> this, is, this is my pet cat. <laughs> Excuse you. You make your way in with your parents. They make you and Falto comfortable. Your old room is still here. They haven't done much of anything with it other than your father's like storing even more paints in there than he normally stores in there, which has always been kind of also his storage room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Citra the, uh, uses them too. It's fine. Black and white are still here, which are your parents' cats, unoriginally named for the colors. Ha ha ha! They're Nethian kitties. Yep. They, uh, Unintentionally. Yep. Uh, both of them are actually both black and white. They're both tuxedos, but one is more black and one is more white, so. <laughs> Cute. Um, as always, they have various colored paws because they end up stepping in whatever paint uh, stuff is left over. And I'm sure there are paw prints all over the yep. house. Uh, Inevitably. Nice. Your father is honestly the, the primary cook, so he lets you and your mother catch up for a little bit, prepares a, uh, a simple repast that they just have some stuff on hand, so it's mostly bread that's not too old or stale, but they empty out into trenchers to put stew in and, uh, and make a decent meal for everyone for the the evening. Once you're done with the meal, your father pours some beer for everyone, uh, settles in. So since you'd left, actually, we had a, uh, a stroke of good fortune. And the library is renovating. The Church of Nethys are apparently interested in, in making some restorations. And so are we are, we've set up and are repainting the mural, the display of the night sky across the central dome. Oh, so. wow. That's, that's amazing. It is, uh, it's very interesting work, and uh, it has been very rewarding so far. Do any of them actually talk to you? I've heard stories about them, Nethians. Well, um, some and of the, having been there. Some of the curators and such have stopped to talk to me, but uh, mostly they leave me to do my, my work, and I do all I can to not drip paint down onto the books. Yes, I don't imagine that would go over very well. Probably not, but uh, it's a very good opportunity, and it's a... Uh, 
it's a very interesting project. Uh, they have not been touched up in some 400 years. Your mother nods. It pays particularly well to work for the Hatya herself. Did you actually get to meet the Hatya? Oh, yes. Uh, they, they hired us a short time. It could not have been two days after you left. Apparently they were informed of the approach of uh, the fan bearer of the pharaoh. And uh, they wanted it touched up, despite the fact that it seems um, Her Excellency has little interest in libraries. Do you know why she came? No, uh, but from what I understand, she has a, a great deal of public works. The people are very happy for her here. She has held numerous festivals and feasts and games in her own honor. I believe she's planning a chariot race through the city streets. <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound dangerous or anything. But uh, her reasons for being here, no, no, I can only assume they're not for ears such as mine. And as high up as I am working on the walls, I, I do not hear a great deal. Mm. But uh, I'm totally perhaps we'll have a chance of spending some time together in one of the festivities. I think she's holding another one tomorrow. Oh, is she actually going to be there? Oh, yes, she's... Uh, <clears throat> She, she will be attending. Okay. Your mother shakes her head. She she doesn't participate so much as watch as her eunuchs carry her about on her pagoda. Ah, well. I believe she's, uh, tomorrow is going to be a, a wild hippo hunt. Oh, I've not had good experience with hippos lately. I'm not sure I would even want to watch that. Also, I'm totally seeing a way for us to get access to the library. Yeah. We just pretend to be painters that are helping her. It's like, we're here to help. Well, I don't want to get my parents in trouble. (laughs) I'm not not saying it's a good idea. I'm saying I'm seeing an option present itself to us. I'm saying I could, thinking I I can find a way to information gather, because maybe her dad doesn't hear anything, but that doesn't mean Citra doesn't. True. It's possible. But you enjoy a pleasant evening's dinner with your parents. Your father's, of course, willing to go up and take all the paints that he's been storing on your bed off. But uh, I think you have a hotel room. Don't worry about it. We got a place to stay for tonight because I wasn't sure if you would be home or not. Of course, of course. Your father, generally speaking, is a a somewhat quiet man, mostly kind of keeping an eye on Falto. Your mother seems to be initially somewhat suspicious, but Falto is very charming. And despite his the occasional language barriers, his Osiriani's gotten much better. But uh, He's had practice. Yeah. Is, is this the first boy you've brought home? That's the real question. Probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, it's special. At the end of the evening, they escort you back out. Your father makes sure, ask again, making sure you don't want to stay or you don't want, you know, an escort home. Your mother forcing a couple of extra loaves of bread on you and Falto. <laughs> Well, please, of course, um, stop by, and uh, I assume you sure shared some of your stories from Wati. Probably not the not, dangerous. I was say, like, not that, and then we things, almost all died. She definitely shared. Of course. So, if you and your friends want to come by for uh, for lunch or dinner, we would be more than happy to entertain them as well. well I think I'll do that. Of course, we. I cannot explain how uh, how happy our, your mother and I are that you were not hurt during the. The wildness in Wati, and we're glad that you're you're going to be home at least for some time and, and safe from the dangers there. <laughs> Nothing bad could ever happen, Tefu. All of that's a lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was that's like the big inside joke that everybody in the city kind of gets a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awful here. <laughs> There's an entire city full of book nerds. <laughs> All right. Well, she probably you know says goodbye to them and then drags Falto off. <laughs> yeah. Falto gives your father a hearty handshake, 
which he seems a little confused by, kisses the back of your mother's hand, bows dramatically to the two of them, and then follows after you. Citra just shrugs. She's <laughs> gotten used to it. It's just what he does. <laughs> Sometimes the man just does weird things. <laughs> you return back to the end of the desert winds. The not tooth in You his see uh, Onurus up on his balcony as you're making your way back, looking like he's just finally escaped from something. Uh, <laughs> The party at rest, having uh, taken an evening to enjoy themselves, to prepare themselves. Citra probably, like, just checks in on Sudi just to show that, hey, I'm fine, because she knew he was worried about her leaving. How'd they go? It went fine. It's my parents. Okay. okay. They're very charming people. Oh, that's good. So, and your father's uh, an excellent cook. He is. Not going to worry about it tonight, but I do have some good stuff to tell you guys at breakfast. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Did you get information from your parents about our mission? Inadvertently. Huh. Phrasma smiles upon us. <laughs> anyway, get some sleep. You. <laughs> I will see you guys in the morning. Good night. Bye. Falto toast with the mug of L he picked up downstairs. <laughs> 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 little evening top off. A uh, nightcap, if you will. A little nightcap. The party rests for the evening. The following morning, I suppose all of you meet. For Citra and Onurus, you both know that there is no need to wake up before dawn, as the Great Library of Tefu does not open until mid-morning. So about nine o'clock. I still have to pray. Well, yeah, I'm just saying there's no need yeah. to get the entire party together super early to head out to the library at first light or something, because you've got to wait for a couple hours. So, uh... Hollis studies for 15 minutes. Okay. Somebody's a quick study. Haha. ha uh. uh. So let me get this straight, then the elf relaxes and has a chicken. Yep. Sudi sleep does his sleeping meditation thing for two hours and then does nothing else. Onuris sleeps for two hours and then wakes up and goes, uh, sighs and stares into space. Contemplates the mask. Wishes that he had, oh wait, he's a a cleric, light spell, reads (laughs) his book. Yep. Plenty of reading to do soon, Onuris. Citro and Falto sleep in because they don't actually have to get up and do anything and do the lazy rogue and swashbuckler thing. <laughs> the, the roll we don't have to pray and, or yeah. prepare spells. Hey, 15 minutes. That's not bad. We don't have to wake up early to put on all of our armor because we're a fighter. Nope. We just roll out of bed, take one minute to throw on our gear and then walk out the door. So let's say probably around eight o'clock or so you all gather together downstairs. Is you it, eat your is continental a, breakfast. I was going to say, is this, a, is this a culture where you there is a separate meal called breakfast or is it like... It's just another meal. It's a morning repast, so you it's mostly date jam at soft breads. Sounds a lot like a continental breakfast. Yeah. Awesome. Although if you're in England, uh, continental breakfast includes uh, chocolate cake. Uh, yeah, really? please. Which is amazing. What? I had chocolate cake like every day we were in London. So chocolate cake is considered a breakfast food? Yep. Dude, we live in the wrong country, man. <laughs> like, seriously. I'm so You could ask from- Rachel like every single morning that we had our complimentary breakfast. I was there with chocolate cake and all the pastries. <laughs> yeah, because like when going to Vietnam, like it's just another meal to them. So like there's fun in the morning. Like you'd have breakfast pho. I had breakfast pho. It was good. Oh, there you go. Usually had a lot of bread and bacon over there. <laughs> yep, they're big on their breads and bacons. Bacon. How, much, how much does one egg cost? Probably like a copper piece. Okay. Or maybe I can sell this egg and have one copper. <laughs> Are you literally like zero I have gold? zero dollars. Did how, you get sorry. mugged before How we did met you manage you? to spend every little thing? I bought a lot of magic spells. Yeah. And I bought a lot of weird random little things. And uh. then I paid the kid like a silver. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, literally, you gave that kid your last silver. Yeah, it wasn't smart. I didn't realize I didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> that That is Jessica C. Peters being like, 
oh, I'm an adventurer. I'm seventh level. I'm sure I have hundreds of gold. And then I forgot that I spent like every <laughs> single scrap of money. Yeah. Oh my god, that is hilarious. Wow. I've, I've never been that broke as an adventurer. I always keep a little something for pocket well, change. Well, I didn't get to do my profession for that month or whatever either. Oh. So, yeah, so at some point we're gonna have to ask what your profession is. Paulus, cook. what is your profession? I said I was good at cooking. That's my profession. Cook, cook, cook. Nobody? 300 reference? No. Spartans, what is your profession? Yep. I brought more soldiers? No? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you all settle in. So, I don't know if I've told you what my parents do for a living. Um, not really, actually. Not, we don't really talk me. about parents and stuff. It's a sore subject for too many of us. My parents are very nice. Oh, you have parents too? Good for you. On yours and I, not so much. You're very He's got prickly. parents, he just doesn't like them. They don't like me. No offense, but like I don't I think said, you like them subject. either. Sort you know anyway. You know what, Sudi? We can just get you some parents. We'll just find you some parents. We'll Mine make will them. adopt you. It'll be fine. Wait, ah. wait. You can just do that? I mean, it's called adoption, son. I... Nobody told me this stuff. No. Didn't you have an adopted <laughs> no, father? <I> yeah. <laughs> no, Sudi had an adopted father of Caden Kalen. So, like, no, Sudi had had a father at some point, but his yeah, his had a everybody he loves dies. So. Yeah, but you had good memories with your you father. Did. You did. <laughs> but then it was real sad after he died, and it's like, oh, I'm on the street now. Yeah, so. but that wasn't his fault. <laughs> nah, I mean, it was kind of his fault for drinking all of the money instead of saving it up so yep. that Sudi could go to college. He drank Sudi's college fund. All right. <laughs> anyway. Pretty my... good. <laughs> Are you finished? Oh, yes. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> Are you being felt over now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. He was talking about his father drinking all the stuff away, and he was just like, praise Caden. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did not realize Falto. that was Falto either. I would have loved oh, yeah. that. No, okay. no. I'm Falto. Onuris is just eating his breakfast at this point. I should really have Falto just announce himself that way. I'm Falto. <laughs> no, please don't. Falto Auditore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my parents, um, well, for a long time, they did just whatever work came about. But once we got back on our feet here in Tafu, my parents are both artists. And they do restorations in the old tombs and crypts and buildings and all of that. Oh, cool. Guess what they're restoring now? A tomb or a crypt? The library. The library. What she said. So, all right. apparently, they, I guess, the Hatia of Netis, or... The Hatia is the governor. The Hatia, wanted to get this restoration started before Mama and Afra came. Uh, but then, I guess, she showed up, and the restoration is still ongoing. But, basically, my parents are the ones restoring the library. So, we have a way inside, I guess? I do. The I library was... is not barred. Yeah, what part of the library are we talking about here? If they're restoring the dome, that means that they're in the Great Chamber of Knowledge, which is still part of the public library. How? Oh, uh, but it does actually require gold to gain access to it. Well, for the average commoner, they're not going in there. Well, for the average commoner, they can't read. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not in any of the private areas. It's in the, the Great Hall of Knowledge, but you have to usually pay to get in there. But I was thinking maybe one of the days I could go with my parents and... You know, listen around, see if I can gather some information. It's not a bad idea. I mean, if nothing else, you could kind of scout it out, see if there's even anything in there that we need to be worried about. Exactly. But I think, no offense, but the rest of you might stick out like sore thumbs. So he kind of looks down at his paws. Yeah, fair. I used to work there. It wouldn't be so unusual for me to come back for a visit. But the two of you don't really... I mean, the likelihood that any of that kind of knowledge is going to be publicly available, though, is 
pretty much nil. Uh, if it's, it's something they wanted to everybody to forget. I follow Nethys. It's not strange for me to go to a place that is run by Nethians. I suppose. And the rumor is that the library is so big the Nethians don't even know where everything is. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, how do you lose a book? Isn't that like somebody's... There's just so much knowledge there, it's never been properly stored and cataloged. Or it's so old that no one remembers where it's cataloged anymore. Secrets. Regardless, I imagine that we'll have to figure out how to get into the non-private portion of the library. I still think we should go and see what we can find and what we have access to. We may get a lead. That's true. You do know that in the public section are oftentimes the various references that Mm -hmm. point towards the other portions of the library that are restricted that you don't have access to. In essence, what you really know is that almost the easiest way to describe it is the library of Tefu is like an anthill. There is the Great Library, which is the portion of the anthill that you see, and then buried underneath the entirety of the city are dozens and dozens of different repositories of knowledge. Some Weird. of which are supposedly lost, even to the clerics of Nethys. Like they had like a cave-in or something, and like, you know, um, they lost access to it. Or just eventually people didn't remember where they were anymore. Like the entrances to most of them are hidden. Yeah. Uh, only the Nethians have access because secrets. <laughs> or maybe it takes magic to get there. Yeah, some of them you can only teleport to. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good way to ensure it only stays in the hands of magic users. It's true. Yeah. But I guess once the library opens, we'll make our way there. All of you can scarf down your breakfast. Uh, oh, one more thing. We're going to my parents' house for dinner. What? I like who. Okay. Yes, they invited all of us. Okay. They're excellent cooks. Well, I am probably going to leave all of you to go and make your way to the library and pursue that. I'm going to follow up what leads that I can with the, at the very least, know of one Pathfinder that still resides in the city. And see if he can't point me in the right direction towards my... Oh, sorry, Hollis. Uh, yeah, my father came here like 20-something years ago and left me and my mother behind and uh, basically came out here, set up a whole expedition, went off into the desert, and then never returned. So, yeah, I'm kind of here on my own quest that really doesn't have anything to do with... I didn't even realize all this weird stuff about the uh, this mask and everything until I was sitting in on the conversation yesterday and no one remembered I was here. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm going to go and take care of all that stuff. And Anuris uh, starts rubbing one of his eyes. Because <laughs> Anuris definitely was there. Didn't. She was just letting him in on all of it. <laughs> you know, good, good luck. Yeah, good luck to you too. It was nice seeing you again, again, and uh, it was nice being aware that the chicken talks. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, he bends down, uh, takes uh, your hand, kisses the back of it. He leans down and kisses the back of one of the bird's wings. Uh, <laughs> no, he my doesn't. Lady. That's awkward. <laughs> no, yeah. he doesn't. So awkward. No, he does lean down and pet the chicken. Okay. <laughs> Weird. He's quite the affectionate one. She says, thanks. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. So I will see all of you for dinner. Take care of yourself. Falto bows before stepping forward, giving you a kiss and turning and gallantly making his way off into the city. It's got to be some northerner thing. It's got to be. It is definitely a northern thing. What you about haven't the told kissing? him that we think we know what happened to his father's expedition. I told him I might have some information on it, but until I could verify it, I didn't want to tell him. We don't want to get his hopes up, in case it's nothing. Okay. <laughs> his adopted dad might be Falto's actual dad. Oh, you said adopted father. That makes sense. I was very confused for a moment. Yeah, not my, like, biological dad. My biological dad was a catfolk. Yes. Well, that is very interesting. But, yeah, until we can verify that, I don't want to get this hopes up that we're, like, adopted brothers or something like that. Might just make things weird to be disappointing him like that. 
because he's very he's a very nice guy. You're leaving out the part where his father led an expedition and murdered the last of your tribe and you were the only survivor because they were trying to plunder an ancient tomb. I try not to think about that part of the story. It's very unpleasant because I only know who he was after all that and he's a very kind man. Life is often more complicated than it appears. I didn't want to think about him like slaughtering perfectly decent living monoliths like me. That's sad. There's a lot about it we don't know, but... True. Yeah. I mean, we are we did get all this information secondhand from a sphinx, so... Yeah, Interesting. Take she's, it for what you will. She's reliable, though. Oh, no, she's reliable. It's just there's always two sides to every story. And he was a good dad to you while you it's had what, him. That's true. Whether just out a, of guilt or not. Or not. Yes, but, it's a, but a very bad dad to Valto. Yeah, I was going to say. If it's true. <laughs> He's getting a score of, like... 50. He either fail, he fails, but he doesn't like, you know, he's not like the worst. Well, he could have left you out into the desert. That's worth something. Uh, true. True. But he didn't. This is very depressing. I'm not sure why we continue to talk about this depressing stuff. That's why Sudi stopped talking. Sudi's like, now I'm sad. I'm less sad. I, I guess we make our way to the library. Yep. That makes sense. We should do that. I, su- I, I assume we can get there without, like, too much hassle slash getting robbed. Uh, <laughs> You're paranoid about getting robbed. You're going to have to be robbed before the end of this just so you feel validated. It's true. But uh, <laughs> when Rick was like, remind me at the after party about what happens if you fail that survival check from the last episode, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sudi was right to be paranoid. Mm-hmm. Even though we could probably me. handle a bunch of street thugs, but, you know. I, I would hope to. so. I just don't want to have to. The four of you set off. You make your way south into the old city through its navigating maze of streets. Eventually, you find the wide colonnade, the pathway that leads its way from the new city and then into the gates into the old city itself. A wide ramp comes up from street level here, ascends up, flanked on either side by reoccurrent statues, each one of them of a pharaonic figure of old that stares down over you. Most of these are pharaohs that were more famous in the south. The pharaoh wears the dual headdress, which is the crown of both upper and lower Osirian. And in this case, these are ones that seem to be more focused on the lower Osirian. You eventually reach the Eastern Gate, or as referred to by the locals as the Gate of the Sun. The Gate of the Sun is the main thoroughfare between the old city and the new city. And a row of guards ensures that any of the hawkers, false guides, and other shady dealers who cram the gate do not enter into the old city proper. There are numerous people in the colonnade selling a variety of different charms of protections against mummies, uh, various scrolls and such that are ancient, unburied treasure, maps that will lead you to any of the entrances of the various libraries underneath Tetfu, so on and so forth. All of Um, which are probably BS. If any of them, in fact, are true, it would be one in a hundred. I mean, the Nethians would probably be like, "Uh, excuse you, stop sharing our knowledge. Making your way up to the gate, I'm going to need the party to make a diplomacy check. Uh, so can we aid one person? Because my diplomacy no bueno. Uh, you can aid one person. You can also spend five gold pieces for a bribe if you want a plus one. It's not worth for a plus one. I'm just going to roll separately. <laughs> uh, I wish I'd done the plus one. Are you, are you aiding me? Or I aiding? actually don't aid you. I rolled a nine, and I have a zero in diplomacy. Hollis rolls an 18 and gets a 29. Oh, am I the only one? Uh, uh, I rolled a 19 and I got a 30. Honey, your Sasso gets a 30. Nice. Sudi just looks 
uncomfortable. He just looks suspicious. He's just waiting to get I mean, mugged. I, I look <laughs> suspicious because I've got that, like, oh, I don't belong here, like, vibe going. It's like, oh, okay, all right, well, we've got this wizard here. He's, she seems to belong. Oh, look, there's a priest, all right. He seems to be all right. Well, this woman, at the very least, looks educated and is carrying a variety of scrolls, and we've got a... Uh, one-eyed, no-shoe-wearing shoe cat folk wrapped in various yeah, ropes. He's got foot wraps. <laughs> the party talks to the guards. After only a couple of minutes, they kind of ascertain what you're doing here. None of these guards seem to remember you on yours, but yeah. you've been gone for like a year or something now. Yeah, about a year. Citra's only been gone like seven weeks. Yeah. They don't remember you. Probably not. <laughs> I probably I mean, kept my head so down, let's be honest. Well, and she also from the direction that your family lives, you would have entered from the gate of the moon most of the time. Probably which is on the opposite side of the old city. Instead, however, they do allow you entrance within. The difference between the old city and the new city is like the difference between night and day. The old city is the original city of Tefu and was built at a distance from the river to avoid the worst of the annual flooding. Throughout the old city, the remnants of the past stare mournfully from sandstone walls worn over time. Sandstorms over the ages have worn away many of the features of the dozens of statues and hieroglyphs that populate the plaza. Some are known only because of the diligent record-keeping of the scribes. The old city is built around the Great Plaza, which was built upon the ruin of the Old Plaza, and this airy open space amid the bustle of the city is home to both the Sanctuary of Nethys and the Great Library. In the plaza's atmosphere of calm, sisters of Nethys shuffle past the temple guards that you see about you. Wealthy merchants and scholars make their way to and fro. The library's outer sanctum stands at the heart of the great plaza, surrounded by government buildings and the finest townhouses and offices of Tefu's worthiest citizens, as the nobility are all allowed to live within the old city as well. So they literally live apart. Yep. They, they have the only wall separating them from the rest of the city. It's like the rest of the city doesn't have a wall that goes around the end edge of it. As an interesting side note, beggars are not actually barred from entering into the old city and are allowed to come in here and ply their trade. However, hawkers or anyone attempting to sell anything is not permitted within these holy grounds. Uh -huh. uh, but Weird. those coming here to petition the Church of Nethys for aid or any form of charity are allowed actively within, huh. uh, as okay. well as any pilgrims seeking to make their way to the Temple of Nethys or either the Temple of Toth or Mott, which are present here as well. Hawkers and peddlers are actively and aggressively removed, as you would see anyone that seemed to have snuck in here for the purpose of attempting to sell something dragged forcibly out. They, they grab the guy with the trench coat that's like, hey, hey, yeah. you want to buy a watch? What are you buying? Want to buy a sundial? <laughs> I want to buy a sundial. You know, a, you know, they actually did that in Hercules. Oh, yeah, you remember? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sundial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the city guard of Tefu are thick here, more so than almost anywhere else, because the greatest treasure of all of Tefu is its knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as such, you see more city guardsmen here than you have seen the entirety of the time that you were in the new city, mm. as they don't seem to care that much about pickpockets. Well, okay. From here, it's easy to make your way along. Directly ahead of you, you can see the Great Library of Tefu. Off towards your right-hand side, as you make your way in, you can see a collection of various buildings that Citra and Onuris could easily tell all of you is the Academy of Scribes. Beyond that, further down the pathway uh, towards the end, you can see the Houses of Order and Wisdom, of what Sudi actually saw from the balcony the evening before. Okay. Far off towards your left-hand side, you can see the Sanctuary of Nethys, which occupies the very end of the plaza down at the end. It's that really big building. You all make your way through the Plaza of the Brighton Horizon, which occupies the central portion of this area. 
Hollis would like to make a stop in the Temple of Nethus just to pray and do her deific obedience. Yeah. Do you have to do your deific obedience in a church? No, but I forgot to do it this morning, and so I need to do it somewhere. Uh, what is your deific obedience? I have to write most of a spell and leave it somewhere for someone to find to complete it, and then I have to cast any spell or spell ability. You know, you've arrived here in good time, so there would be enough time for Hollis to at the very least pop into the Temple of Nethus. You walk across the, the Plaza of the Bright Horizon. Onyura's probably getting kind of distracted as the uh, the plaza is f- a uh, almost 500 feet in overall length. and just goes from the front doors of the Temple of Nethus all the way to the front doors of the library. Wow. There are 16 huge pillars, eight along one row, eight along the other row. The marble surfaces of which are covered in hieroglyphics as well as uh, mural depictions showing the history of the city and it's from its very rise to a period of uh, more or less ending with the beginning of the Kelshite rule. Uh-huh. Um, once Kadira conquered Osirian. So, you know, on Eurus, I'm sure it just kind of pauses as you reach the temple, not making his way into the Temple of Nethus, although at this point you're the ones furthest back. And so you can see, like, the hieroglyphics and the mural depictions of Dejerit II founding the city of Tefu, staring contemplatingly at it, feeling that odd itch in the back of your brain that makes you cognizantly aware of that weight of the mask in your pack. Because I don't imagine you left it behind in the in-room. No, I mean, I wear the headdress, but yeah. the mask part is in the bag. You actually can't separate them. Like, if you leave it, if, if you've ever gone more than a couple of feet away from the mask, you found that it's strangely back on your person. Huh. Oh, interesting. Um, as you possess half of it right now. So you can't leave it behind. Yeah, That's you cool. can't just go, oh, it'll be safe here, and then I'll take, or, like try to separate the two elements of it to separate its power. The mask will not allow itself to be separated, so it's like a lodestone that huh. it just reappears. Huh. Uh-oh. Interesting. That is interesting. The Temple of Nethys is a fine structure. You, know, you go in, pay your obedience at the sanctuary here. Yep. I scribble some stuff. I cast Mage Hand to place it in a random location so somebody can find it. Then I leave. <laughs> Every inch of the sanctuary is painted or carved with depictions of life and miracles of the all-seeing eye, showing the various things that Nethys did to basically bring up, as far as this temple is concerned, to bring up the disparate tribes of Osirian and unite them into a single cause whenever Nethys helped in the foundation of the nation of Osirian itself and the defeat of Ulnoth the Festering, the spawn of Rovagug that was plaguing this region. You finally finish your obedience here under the watchful almost too watchful gaze of the priests of death is here who eye you suspiciously of course but you're not the only pilgrim here they seem to eye all of them suspiciously as uh, they do but as long as you stay to the central temple and don't try to navigate your way towards any of the side hallways they allow you to pass it also doesn't help that there are numerous bureaucrats making their way to and for that have no business as far as the temple is concerned mm. just because the Hatya also is in residence here and are making their way to speak with her oh. um, as this is also the heart of the government the other marble buildings that surround the plaza however contain the rest of the government and you can see the various uh, people coming and going from those eventually however you make your way towards the library itself I always forget how suspicious those priests are like I'm some sort of spy. They look at everybody like that. Yeah, but followers of the same faith? Rude. No. Um. <laughs> you make your way across the Grand Plaza. The high blue dome of Tefu's great library is topped with shining gold pinnacles and towers over the surrounding buildings. Huge columns rise up from the immense footings along the edifice's sheer walls that surround it, making it 
both an impressive structure and somewhat intimidating looking as you begin to approach it. The Great Library of Tefu is separated into two main sections that uh, Citra and Honduras could inform the group. The imposing facade is only the outer sanctum of the Great Library, the most visible and accessible portion of the library's vast archives. Uh, the outer sanctum is the public area of the library, which houses a magnificent collection of maps and more modern works on Osirian and its history. Uh, sages and scholars and scribes from across the inner sea are frequent visitors here, and you can see people of various walks of life traveling from as far afield as the distant nations of, again, you know, lands like Druma, the areas around Lake Incarthen, further afield, and even some people traveling from the far, far distant lands of southern Garoon, or even the distant lands of Tian Shaw, from what you can see, have made their way here to gain access to this library. Wow. The Great Library's inner sanctum, however, is divided into several smaller libraries that permeates the very fabric of Tefu. And you imagine that eventually, to gain this hidden knowledge, you'll need to find, somehow gain access to those. However, the Great Library's Outer Sanctum does have various references, of which you're certain may be able to lead you to which part of the Inner Sanctum you need access to. For both Onuris and Citra, this is the first time that you've had to look at this structure from a new angle. Not from the street level, which you've done on the numerous times, as there's the only one entrance to this place, so this is the door you had to both use for months while you were sitting here, in Citra's case, you know, serving and helping in the library while to pay for your tuition to go to the uh, Academy of Scribes and afterwards helping keep the library straight. And on Eurus's case, coming in here periodically to mostly work in the Outer Sanctum and deal with people bringing in new tomes and ascertaining whether or not they were actual true tomes or forgeries. Now you look at the six foot thick walls made of smooth marbles that it's impossible to climb, raising 60 feet up to the Great Dome. You look at the arched windows protected with iron bars and the well-armed guards that stand out front that before always seemed to be somewhat more of a safe precaution. But now you realize that they are in fact keeping secret in almost this prison of knowledge what you're seeking. Yay. It's time for a jailbreak of knowledge. <laughs> uh, the enormous bronze doors stand open, etched with images of rampant sphinxes leading into the library's cavernous interior as you begin to approach them. These have barely opened by the time that all of you begin to make your approach. The guards stand on their posts out here. All four of them looking to be rather keen-eyed, rather alert individuals. They each carry spears and are wearing what looks to be chain shirts as they're allowed to stand in the shade here of the door and protect themselves from the worst of the sun's heat. In addition to that, they all carry on themselves what appear to be tanglefoot bags, um, as they're more interested in capturing thieves than necessarily yeah, you don't worry, everyone. You don't want to worry about damaging the book. Yeah. Or books. You're all allowed to pass within without issue, although Citra, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Citra got a 23. Go ahead and add half your level to that. 26. 26. You make your way forward, following along your companions. For the first time since you'd uh, leveled up and gained trap spotter, you notice that there are numerous traps on this door. Various arrow slits along the arch of the door and the surrounding pillars that would allow someone, if they were attempting to break through this door, probably without having the proper means by which to bypass it or disable it, shooting out you could only imagine scores if not a hundred plus arrows into the surrounding courtyard outside against any said intruder i imagine you just kind of file that away and make your way in yeah 
I try to make it look as though I'm not examining said trap. Make traps. it look like you're not casing the joint. Like, huh, how can I <laughs> disable this trap here? You step out of the blazing heat outside, uh, <sighs> even this early in the morning, and into the blessed cool of the shade. Brazers stand nearby and burn with incense, and a large ornate desk sits in the center here, uh, lit by a magnificent lantern seemingly made of water, which stands in the center of this entrance hall. Statues of enigmatic sphinxes sit in each corner of the room, their gazes an impossible mixture of pleasure and defiance. Archways and three walls open up into larger spaces off towards your left and right and the opposite side, and the chambers beyond seem to be literally drowning in books, ledgers, scrolls, clay tablets, tomes, and other more obscure forms of records, held in countless shelves and cabinets stretching up nearly the full height of the building, with tall ladders the only means by which to access the most out-of-reach tomes. This place is filled with that wonderful smell of old books, which is nearly overpowering. Hollis takes a deep breath and says, I do love myself how a library smells. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have a comment to that because he's like, eh, it just smells like old book. But the old book is what smells good. I mean, if you say so. Especially if you spent many an hour, many a late night, studying a book with candlelight or with light spell. Eh... She, like, Books looks are still off. kind of a struggle for me, so I don't really, like, super enjoy them quite yet. He's hey. not a great reader yet. <laughs> we can work on reading. Sudi needs to work on his letters. His, his phonics. Hollis takes makes a middle note to teach Sudi how to read. How to read, read properly. Better. She doesn't know. Yeah, how to read better. He said this is my special stone when he when Hollis asked about his forehead rock, so... <laughs> I like that. I said special stone, you said forehead rock, which, like, I mean, is also kind of a simplistic term for his costume. Well, she doesn't know very much about... Yeah, she's but, never had a, a reason to study Yeah, I mean, you, you never read about the uh, obscure living monolith for no, Steve's class? Not yet. <laughs> I thought everybody who had an intelligence of 27 or whatever your intelligence 22. is about... <laughs> That's a really high. I'm a wizard. Here you find yourself in the outer stacks. The wide arch is off towards your left and right, leading to the, the common tomes that anyone has access to. A small basin sits off towards your right-hand side. Admittance here is free. Donations are fairly customary, but that's up to all of you as you make your way in. Do I have any idea where we might be wanting to search? Should we just kind of each split up and take a section because... Or... Is there area where I think we might... Is it, like, nicely labeled? Like, here's the section for fiction, here's the section for outsiders, here's Something the section... tells me they don't have the Dewey Decimal System. See, that's they a problem. They have to have some kind of organization system. Though. I mean, they do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do I have to go ask the curators? Like, hey, where if I'm looking for information about... We do not want to share what we are looking for. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, I'm just trying to figure out where everything's located so well, we know on where yours, to On your structure for, like, five years, I think what? you should have, like, a general idea. Yeah. That's true. You can find a great deal of references in the outer section, which you're here. Mm. Uh, these are free to access. A day pass for all of you to enter into the main portion mm-hmm. is 50 gold pieces. Jesus. What? Oh. Uh, Man. And that would allow you access into that area until sunset. For One now, day. For now, we're going to search the outer day. stacks, I suppose. Holy cow. Like, Sudi is just like, mind is like boggled. Like, how does anybody ever learn anything in this town? There are, of course, a number of priests of Nethys that are manning the front desk. Uh, 
I don't suppose you walk up to them and ask them for help. No, uh, no. Considering the the nature of your research. I think we just search. However, all of you make your way in, prepared to make your research, at which point the party runs into what you can only imagine is quite possibly the first challenge that you're going to need to overcome as you prepare yourself for your search. Something Hollis doesn't realize. But on Eurus, as you turn and begin to make your way into the outer stacks to begin your research, you hear someone speak your name. That's not necessarily something that would surprise you. You worked here for some time. The person also speaks Citra's and surprisingly Sooty's. What? What? You turn in probably anticipation as you recognize the voice, uh, your hand lowering down before a familiar voice chimes out. Peace, friends. Hey, yes. I can be homies with You him. look back to Kelru. Oh, is this, is so this? Now bedecked in the robes of the Nethian priests of Tefu. And more importantly than that, remember taking him to see <laughs> the very tablet describing the object you now carry. <laughs> hey, um. And we will pick it up here next time. That's <laughs> <laughs> All of us are just like the the. I I just love the fact so, that we're like we want you to leave Wati and never come back, and then we come in here. We're like, Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.